It is LeVan Gaz. It's a Tech East Tuesday. Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal. Check them out online. Tefirewater.com. Uh, Tis the season for rain, snow, and nastiness, and all the crap and that Mother Nature will do to your home. And Tech East is here to get you back to normal. We're your best way back to normal. What is he? What are you doing, guys? You talking about Mark Kessinger? Uh, <laughs> uh, before we before we went live, I was fixing my headphones, and I'm like, "Oh, I got everything figured out. We're good to go." And then uh, maybe not as well as I thought. No, and then Mark Kessinger <laughs> decided to interrupt the show. I mean, hi, Kesty. How are you, buddy? Hey, there you <laughs> hold on. There we go. I need some light in here. All right. Um, nothing happened in football. Nothing to talk about. No, no worries whatsoever. Probably. I mean, for me, I decided to watch football like the Raiders decided to play football. The first, uh, the first thirty minutes are all that mattered. Then turn it off. I don't think anyone told the Raiders it's not preseason anymore. It's not. They just turn it. Nothing. Okay. First half's over. We win. Let's go home, everybody. And uh, that's that's that. Right. Deal. Good. I'm sure Ravens fans will agree. You know, just call it at that. <laughs> Sound good. The amount of defeated and undefeated teams, if you look at that list right now of teams that haven't lost yet, teams that have only lost, I feel like I'm like 2021, 2020, feels like we do it all the time, especially those first two weeks of the realer mirage, right? <laughs> the reason we made that Monday segment so long ago is because of stuff like this. Yeah, your Raiders are definitely in the mix there. Other teams are too. Uh, do we save your Raiders for rapid reaction? Do we, do we start with another team? What about the Buffalo yeah. Bills, Levac? Yeah. Well, listen, enough of them already. They're so stinking good. Um, the Bills, the Bills are legit, and the beauty of what the Bills are doing, in my opinion, is not just how good they are. It's not just that they can go out there, you know, against solid NFL teams and win. It's they have that chip on their shoulder. Like they're angry. They're pissed off. Like forget circling the wagons. Circling the wagons are defensive. The, the Bills are on the offensive. Even on defense, they're trying to kill people. Like, this is a Bills team that has fire. Or or as or as uh, uh, Zach Wilson's mother's friends would say, they've got that dog in them. This 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 Bills fan team is is legit. I don't think Tennessee's great. Don't get me wrong. I don't think, you know, 41-7 over Tennessee is like beating Tennessee the year before, the year before that. But still, they play angry. You mentioned this is one of your locks this past week, too, that you said Buffalo would roll the Titans. Stinky Ryan Tannehill got benched during the game for Malik Willis. Mike Vrabel, people are like, we know he's a good coach, but, man, he got his ass kicked. Everybody did. But that is about the Buffalo Bills. There have probably been a handful of times, maybe the last 10 years, where I've watched an NFL team and thought, whoa, they are significantly better than everybody else that I've seen so far in the NFL. That happened with the Chiefs team, the Mahomes rookie year. That was a Chiefs team where you're like, okay, they're better than everybody else. That Legion of Boom team, like that, maybe the second version of it, not even the one that was an underdog to Denver in the Super Bowl. That second version was dominant halfway through the Actually, season with the Denver team that, that they beat was the dominant team that year. Yes, yes. That you know what? Denver's in that mix too. So okay, so Denver's in there, Kansas City's in there halfway through the season with Carolina when Cam Newton started dabbing and everything. Those are probably the teams over the last 10 years. Patriots is 15 years ago, that Moss team. I know it's two weeks, but Buffalo's in that conversation already as a team that looks head and shoulders above everybody else. Look at the two teams they beat. They beat the defending Super Bowl champion, smacked them in the first game of the season. Then they went out against Tennessee, 
who was the number one team in the AFC and destroyed them. They're not beating up on the Jets or the Texans or the Bears. They're beating the best teams in the NFL in both conferences the last two seasons. The margin was what, on average 25 points. Like we're looking at a four touchdown difference. I can't find a weakness in Buffalo. If you're out in Western New York, if you're part of the Bills Mafia, please let me know what the weakness of this team is because then you're just finding reasons to complain. They are, if we did power rankings, it's Buffalo, we then could. a big tier off. Well, all right, so here's the deal, right? So this this schedule, and I know we said it before the season started, you won at the Rams, you hosted and beat the Titans. Now you're going to the undefeated Dolphins. Then you're going to the Ravens. You are hosting the Steelers. Steelers, eh, who knows? But then you're at the Chiefs. You got the Packers before you go to the Jets. I mean, look, the schedule makers looked at the Bills and went, oh, you think you're the best? Prove it. And they're going to get a chance to. Like, like all the teams that you would, are going to consider a power for this season, they're, they're going to get them some Buffalo Bills. It's going to happen. And I don't know if anybody really wants that game you know at, at all right now like maybe the dolphins if i'm the dolphins i want that game because people like me who still don't take them seriously i want that bills game but everybody else i would rather not see the bills during the regular season i'll wait i'll see them when it's an elimination bracket thanks i'm glad you brought miami because if buffalo and when they will lose they're not going undefeated just the odds are against that happening a team like the Dolphins is the perfect team to beat them. And, and now week three, here we are with Miami and Buffalo potentially on the way. Divisional game, a team that comes off one of the best wins in franchise history of the past decade with Tua playing football and having a chip on the shoulder and having an awesome game. Yeah, Miami seems to be the team. Uh, New England is not playing great, but I'm just careful of those divisional games. That's it. Like, that's it for Buffalo because from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs to the defense, I mean, Russo, the young kid from Miami, and Von Miller. Oh, God, they're they're unbelievable. They're so good right now, Buffalo. Can Von Miller keep it up the entire season? Like, I know he's not old, but he's football old. Like the way he's playing right now is 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 next level. Like it's the intensity is a level you would not expect from a guy who is now on his third NFL team. This is Hall of Fame level. This is pass rusher difference maker. Super Bowl 50 was a long time ago when he was the MVP of that game and sat Cam Newton the strip and all that other stuff. Then last year was the Rams where it felt like, okay, Von Miller and Aaron Donald, this is their last ride. And uh, the offensive tackle and Weddle and everybody else, Whitworth, right? Like all these guys. No, Von Miller comes back and signs with Buffalo and seems just to be the same player. So I would go no, because I haven't seen it yet. Once I see it like a little bit of slowing down, I probably, like, okay, Von Miller's not what he used to be. Nope, haven't seen it yet. That's how good he is. Insane. Insane. Good job, Buffalo. You're looking pretty pretty sweet right now. What's more shocking to you, the Bills' dominance or that the New York football giants are 2-0 and in the way they did it to get the 2-0? That's the Giants. I mean, I think we all I think we all thought that the Bills could be good. I mean, like, can you imagine me going, oh, how can the Bills be so dominant? Uh, you picked them to win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, but that's later. Like, like obvious, it's this is what you hope for as a Giants fan. Probably not what you expected as a Giants fan. Too, you know, tough. I, I feel like the word grit is being way overused in the uh, in the NFL this year. But two really gritty wins, and just you've got a team that believes in their head coach. It looks like, and I don't know if we've had that for a long while. Not since like Coughlin. You know, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not even Coughlin. Like, I don't know if they believe it or not. They were scared of him. 
this is a team that's going to war for their guy, and it's it's fun to watch. Daniel Jones, less stinky. Still not great, but less stinky. Like, <laughs> Brian Dable, he, New York having a little love affair with Brian Dable right now. I know we mentioned last week about, you know, the significance of the win in week one against Tennessee and where it means for the last eight years of this franchise struggling. Week one felt like week two, where Carolina felt like the better team for most of the game, but New York kind of just sticks around and they, they make a few mistakes, but not enough to cost them the game. And they're in it in the fourth quarter. They just got to make a few plays and they do. And they get the opposing team out of their game plan because Carolina could have just handed the ball off to McCaffrey constantly. And if you're a Panther fan, you got to be pissed because you're like, you know, he's healthy and like we can give him the ball and we don't have to do all these weird plays with Baker. Maybe just give Christian McCaffrey the foot. They didn't do it. Second week in a row. Like you could have said the same thing about Tennessee. Why isn't Tennessee just giving the ball to Derrick Henry? The defensive line's gotten better and they were dealing with some injuries for the Giants. It didn't matter. Those uh, Wink Martindale, not to be confused with our pal Jeff Martindale, fantastic <laughs> job on that defense for what he's doing. It is fun. Like, Levac, when was the last time you and I could say the New York Giants are a fun watch? They are. The fourth quarter, they're interesting. Weird things happen and they're finding ways to it. And it's a really cool team to follow now. What, the, the year before McAdoo? Maybe? Maybe? Before the boat. Before the jeans and Tim's on the boat, they were fun to watch. <laughs> no, and, and it is it's it's exciting. You kind of get a, a glimpse of where it's going. Do I think the Giants are gonna be a playoff team at this point? I'm gonna still say no. But it's if you're a Giants fan, you gotta kind of look at this and go, did you know you, you gotta cautious? Still gotta be cautious. Did we finally hire the right head coach? Did we finally have the right people in place? Is it it's been a long time? Is it finally now? This is, you know, don't don't you judge us or Joe judge us because we're gonna we started liking him and all of a sudden his true colors came out and he was a turd. Come on, do, do, help us out here. Let's go. I, I feel good about this. Like I, I'm wondering if he's gonna be able to, you know, make Daniel Jones an actual NFL quarterback and somebody like Gaz is gonna have to look back and say, "All right, fine, he can stay." No, that no, 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 no. He still stinks. <laughs> I like what you said. Less stinky. No, no, no. Yeah. I think what's gonna happen instead is that. This New York Giant franchise should be active at the deadline. And I know that's not Major League Baseball in the NBA. Like, the NFL deadline is way, way more quiet. But if New York is in contention for a playoff spot, with the expanded playoffs now with seven teams apiece in each conference, and they're close, and you've got a bunch of players that this GM and head coach didn't bring in, eh, get rid of them. Get some, get some picks or get a player you want. That would be fun if, if the Giants are aggressive at the deadline and try to bring somebody in and dump Daniel Jones because he stinks. Who let who will be in Carolina longer? Baker Mayfield or Matt Rule? Baker. <laughs> yeah. I think Rule's days are numbered at this point. I had the, I had I had this text. Uh it might have been to Sean Martin, actually, host of Pugsley's Pit, who's a Nebraska football fan. I said, here's what's gonna happen. Nebraska's gonna win like two or three games in a row, and then Carolina th- no, no, Nebraska's gonna keep losing. Carolina's gonna win like two or three games in a row, and then Nebraska's gonna offer him like an eighty million dollar deal, and he's gonna leave Carolina for the Cornhuskers, and that'll be a wrap. Yeah, I could I could definitely see him jump ship and go back to college. Definitely see that. I don't know if it's Nebraska, but it's somewhere. He's he's he'll be back in college in no time. And big game, Bob Sala Levac. He finally lives up to the name. Keeping receipts, baby. I mean, that was insane. Like, so this is. Let me paint the picture of my of my enjoyment of the Jets Browns game. We had owners meetings in Orlando. I had driven from Albany to Columbus, Georgia, 
the Sunday before Sunday before I don't remember what day it was. No, it was the Thursday or Friday before. Spent the spent all that time there, and then Friday drove to Orlando. Owner meetings wrap up around two two thirty in the afternoon on Sunday. I hop in the truck, I throw on NFL Network, and I point north and start going. I'm listening to this Jets Browns game, going, "Oh man, poor Jets! Like you're just you're so who who are you if Zach Wilson's there?" And then and then they start coming back, and then they're on their way. And I I believe the text to you and Boston Dan was, "Wow, Jets!" And then they take the lead and win the damn game. Impressive, Flacco getting it done. You know, just remembering his Ravens days, his his NFC, his AFC North days, and saying, "You know what? I'll screw the Browns one more time. I'm I'm in for that. Let's do it." That was that was awesome. Good for the Jets. I'm still even on a Tuesday trying to figure out why during the action in that Jets Browns game I felt more confident in New York than I did in Cleveland. Maybe because both franchises are dealing with the same things, backup quarterbacks, not a great tradition, trying to get better than what they were last season. All that stuff kind of fits both franchises. But even with New York trailing, I thought eh, maybe they'll make a play. Maybe Cleveland will blow this in front of their fans. Maybe that Brownie the Elf at midfield is going to look too weird and have some bad juju for the team. And sure enough, once they scored that touchdown where they're still trailing and they recover the onside kick, I thought, okay, they're going to score. Like, they're going to win the game. There's too much momentum on this. The Jets feel it. The rookie Wilson from Ohio State, who's got the Ohio connection, scores the game-winning touchdown. It felt too much like the Jets were supposed to win that game. And Flacco, like you said, the, the ties to the AFC North, Felt so good. Cleveland, again, Nick Chubb, give him the football. Oh, Carolina and Cleveland, so. should, yeah, share tapes. Just constantly hand up the football. It's not a punishment that you're good at running the football. But the New York Jets winning that game, they needed that. Like of all three New York teams in action in week two, if the Giants had lost to Carolina, it wasn't going to change their season, even though it's awesome that they're two and up. If Buffalo had got beaten by Tennessee, People could look back and say, you know, it's just a bad matchup because they lost before to Tennessee. It's a weird double kickoff on Monday. You could have made excuses. I don't know what the excuse would have been for Jet fans if they fell to 0-2 and they had such a huge hill to climb up with watching how Miami and the rest of the ifs. That was a huge win in week two for what the team can do for the rest of the season if they at least want to stay competitive. And Garrett Wilson looks like he might be a legit, like, number one receiver. Like, like. Maybe just maybe Wilson and Wilson is a is a thing. You know they could get this thing going, but um, lots of positives in New York football for sure. I love it, and we get the rest of the NFL to go over a rapid week two recap. But before we do that, we gotta give love for our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. The fall is officially here, and that means the colder weather is on the way. Yes, you can still rock those hoodies and shorts, but your house needs to be prepared for that weather changing. The best place to do it. To find out all the great ways to heat your home is Johnstone Supply in Troy, helping people across upstate New York for decades. Now they can help you. Visit them on social media. Leave a comment. Ask a question to their great staff. It's Johnstone Supply NY. Johnstone Supply Troy NY is their Facebook page. Or give them a call, 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922 is their number. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Shout out to our guy, George, always helping us from day one here on Gonzalo Media. He's becoming a podcast fan more and more. It's awesome to have him supporting our content and everybody there who listens to LeVac and Gonz and all the other great shows on Gonzalo Media. Make sure your home is taken care of. Save this number in your phone. Pass it to your friends and family members. 518-272-5922. Johnstone Supply in Troy. 
get your home heated properly for the colder weather on the way or stop into their spot, 6th Avenue in Troy during the weekdays. It's Johnstone Supply in Troy. All right, Levac. let's talk more about this rapid recap. I think we start with a really fun, fun story. How about, you know what? You know what? Let's give the Chargers and Chiefs love because we talked about on Thursday. We haven't really talked on the recap of that game. Kansas City 27-24 winners. My takeaway is, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are really, really good. Yeah, and and kind of the, the rub or the knock or however you want to put it that was on Kansas City was, everybody in your division got better and you stayed the same at best, blah, blah, blah. I think that was fairly evident in this game. I think it was because the gap has been closed, but Kansas City is still better. Like, I know there's there's more to it or whatever, but, you know, you tell me I've got I've got to make a must-win wager and I can have Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, or I can have, uh, you know, Justin Herbert and some schlub, some, you know, Deuce Staley's wannabe negative, whatever the hell it is. Like, you're still going to go with Reid and Mahomes. But, but the Chargers are catching up. They're getting better and better and better, and that team is talented and scary. Uh, Herbert's friggin' sweet. That is going to be a great rivalry for years and years to come, but the Chiefs are still just a little bit better. The Chargers have a little bit of 2021 Bengal feel to them, right? Like, you know they're good, but maybe they're not good enough quite yet. But if they get the right matchups, if they get to the postseason, they can do it because they're not very patient on offense. They want the big play to happen. Chargers have that right feel like the Bengals last year. And for the Kansas City side, they're just better right now. That's it. Yeah. Like when Clyde Edwards and Lair can actually run the football and they can do stuff in the backfield, that's what Kansas City is needed. And you and I previewed this talking about how it was going to be on Amazon Prime. We had like amateur jokesters on social media the whole time. Like, Grandma, I can't find the channel. Yeah. It felt like true TV in March Madness. Everybody trying to find it. Presentation was awesome. Al Michaels, yeah. Kirk Herbstreit looked really cool. So all good things on the Amazon um, side. No, You know, they, they remind me of the 2021 Chargers. Hey, we're going to win this game. Then last minute. No, we're not. Um, but no, the only problem, the only, the only complaint I've heard from people who, who watched the game on prime was due to the, I don't know, buffering or whatever it is. It was slightly delayed. So a lot of times people were getting their fantasy football updates and then seeing the play. So it's like, Oh, you know, touchdown for Pat Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, and then look up and it's happened. So, like, they got to, you know, I think Prime will figure that out, though. That's kind of technology stuff where it's like, all right, how do we reduce that buffer? How do we how do we delay and make it go away? So, I think they'll figure it out. But, yeah, it was good. It was a good broadcast. That would I, didn't have, some... I didn't have Wi-Fi in the hotel for the first quarter, but then it got there. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to offer some insight about buffering and Wi-Fi, but I'm not allowed to speak as we're 19 yeah. minutes into this and nothing's gone wrong yet on my side. <laughs> yet. 36-27, the final score is the Lions defeat the Washington Commanders, the Manimal, the Danimal. One of those nicknames will stick. Dan Campbell biting knees and getting wins. Awesome moment. His offensive lineman, their skipper, I believe got the game ball too for being out of the league, six teams in six years, stepping in. That felt like a Lions win that Dan Campbell would be proud of, right? That's everything the Lions want to be is a win like that. It, it it really was – it's fun to see the Lions be good. It's fun to see Dan Campbell be good. Like, Dan Campbell's that friend that, like, you tell everybody all the time, like, you just got to get to know him. You just trust me. Once you get – sure, you look across the room, 
and you think it's a guy looking to fight somebody with two toes and one butt cheek or whatever the hell that was. But the truth is you're going to love him. Once you get to know him, he's going to be your guy. And now we're start, everybody's starting to get to know him, and he's their guy. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, oh, my God. How, how good is this kid? Leading rusher and receiver for the Lions in this game. Um, just a team that responds to their head coach. And Carson Wentz, even though the stats look good, he's poop. He shouldn't be out there anymore. So go Lions, man. Like, this is – this is fun to watch. I want to see this keep going. Carson Wentz had one good game. I was starting to reconsider. Like, oh, maybe that's a good fit in Washington. Maybe that's not so bad. Went back to being Carson Wentz. Is the commanders have to find some type of balance on offense. I'm rooting for Detroit, too. I hope every time we come back and do rapid reactions on Tuesday, that something wild happens in a Lion game. We just kind of did that comparison between 2021 Charger teams. Let's not hope that the 2022 lines are the 2021 lines where we keep coming back and said, oh, they lost in the fourth. They lost in a field goal, blah, yeah. blah, blah. They're getting there, though. They're getting better. Minnesota, good test next week. We'll see exactly who they really are. The Buccaneers, 20. Saints, 10. My Tampa Bay Bucks are 2-0 on this season. Just a handful of teams sit there. Even though they finally beat the Saints, who have given them fits over the past few seasons, Brady finally gets his first win against New Orleans as a member of the Bucks. This one felt more about Brady's antics, if you saw some of his nonsense on the sidelines. Yeah, this was an ugly game. Mike Evans getting kicked, you know, they get into the fight there and everything, and, you know, it is a rivalry. I think it's amazing that the Buccaneers are 2-0 right now because they have not looked good yet. This is not the Buccaneers team that you were hoping to see. You know, good enough to win, which is all you really need to be, but I don't think we've even come close to seeing the best Buccaneers football yet. He gets Brady. I want the man in the arena documentary to restart again. And just like, give me a camera at Giselle's house. Give right. me a mic'd up Brady. <laughs> give me a mic'd up Brady of what he was really screaming at everybody during the game. Throwing the iPad, whatever that is. Is the Nook still a thing? Is that like, is that what that's called? <laughs> the tablet, whatever he was Kindle. throwing on the, yeah, the Kindle. Yeah, the Kindle was thrown on the sideline. He hates life. Tom Brady. That's how we can all feel better about Look ourselves. Look how hungry right? he must be. It's, it's narrow little face. The man has seven Super Bowls. He's married to a supermodel. His net worth's got to be over $200 million, and he's not happy. But us you out need there. avocado ice cream and tell me how happy you are. I was in I the know. land of Chick-fil-A for like nine days, dude. Only TMZ, got there once. TMZ's just rubbing their hands together thinking, what's the next scandal? Yeah, he's not yeah, happy. I hope just don't retire. I just hope I hope like the end, like the, the end credit scene for the remake of the man in the arena is like the end of uh dodgeball where they go to Ben Stiller and he's all fat again. I hope just at some point Brady's just this huge fat bastard just singing about his milkshake, bringing all the girls to the yard and the boys and everyone else. Chuck Norris. 17 14 the final new england takes down pittsburgh shout out to everybody who cashed in the under like me in this game because even though these are great traditional franchises who have really dominated the afc the past 15 years with brady and roethlisberger they are not those teams anymore and i think that was clear and pretty obvious at the end of this game i don't feel like this game was this close like this score doesn't reflect on like on like how New England was just kind of having their way with with what the Steelers were doing, pushing around, doing what they wanted. This is a Steelers team that I just, without 100% Najee Harris and one of these quarterbacks actually just legitimately taking the starting position, I'm, I'm very unconfident with the Steelers right now. I wonder if we're going to look back on both these franchises and think 
they did it a certain way for so long and there was a level of arrogance of hey we've done it this way we've had success doing it this way this is how we're going to win for both teams because new england got these guys that nobody wanted that belichick loved and his weird drafting and weird in the sense that he did it different than everybody else and it worked and pittsburgh said we're never going to pay the guys but we're finally going to maybe pay tj watt but that's it but these guys like antonio brown and bell and high paying quarterbacks now they can all leave like we're just going to do the pits something that hasn't gone right for either team because the old school methods aren't working both those teams look like going forward this season they're going to struggle to score and struggle to beat somebody you can only have disciplined players who make plays so often where eventually talent has to take over and there doesn't feel like a lot of talent on new england or pittsburgh yeah well that was the <laughs> It's kind of what I was thinking because, like, you know, I, I I like Harris. I think Harris had a chance to be, like, an RB1. He's, he's best in RB2 right now. But, like, I forgot Nelson Aguilar was there. And I was pissed off when they got him. So, um, yeah, definitely not not that that stellar star power. And, you know, when you remember the fact that, like, Matt Patricia is calling call offensive plays or whatever. I mean, like, it's just – it's a weird – it's almost like Belichick is that kid who's gotten so good at Madden that now he's like, yeah, but what if I play blindfolded? You know what I mean? Like he's just, he just doesn't, he can, he thinks there's nothing that can beat him. So, and to this point, you know, he's, he's been in the mix each and every game, each and every season, it feels like. So we'll see, we'll see what they do, but not sold on Mac Jones. And, but I still think the Pats are good enough to beat the hell out of most, most teams just because they'll just ugly it up. They'll just drag you into the mud with them. What if all my players are 60 overall in Madden? Can I still win? Even if I put it on all Madden mode. Can I can I make my right-handed quarterback left-handed somehow? I I'm I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> 24 nothing Jacksonville over Indy. Lavac, you had this one as a lock. I had this one as the most confident play of the entire weekend. We hope that you listened to us and cashed in for this Jacksonville pick. We both loved it. We both looked smart. That's the whole game. That's all that matters at the end. That's that's all the, that's all anyone should ever care about. The only thing that I'm mad about myself with Jacksonville is I was um I was texting back and forth with Boston Dan and I was about to bet moneyline Jags and I got talked out of it. Oh, and that no. and then well but that made me be over the top bold on other games as the, as the weekend I'm like I can't allow that to happen anymore and then I bet a couple that would have won with the spread or at least been interesting with the spread and I bet them to win outright. Cuz mm. so that sucks. Uh what does this tell you about the Jags? Jags here? Are they, is it are they officially on the board? Are they are they good enough to compete now or is it just a good game? Ooh, <laughs> uh, it takes me back to the preseason show where you called Jacksonville to win the division. I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, no way, Jacksonville stinks. They got, but now looking at the South, oh my God, they're terrible. Everybody's bad. The Titans yep. are 0-2. The Texans stink. Indianapolis, that schedule, this is probably the last time I'll do the schedule take on Indy. But you look at their matchups. They had the Texans and they had the Jags the first two weeks. If you're a Colts fan, you think, okay, we're going to be 2-0. and and by the time week eight rolls around, we're probably going to be favored in like seven of our eight first games. They had such a cupcake schedule that this should have been the Colts year to take over. It's gone from the Colts being that surprise team in the AFC to our guy Taylor Lattimore on Sports with the Zenith T. I saw his retweets. Colt fan wants Frank Wright fired. He's in the lead right oh. now of fan base that wants coach fired because they're like, you can't blow these two games. I know they tied week one. I should remember that. They're not 0-2. They're 0-1-1. They tied week one. But Colts fans want them out because of how bad they are. So to your Jacksonville question, though, yes, 
because of how bad it is. I cannot believe it, but Jacksonville has been the most impressive team in the division. So I have to now put them in contention to potentially be a playoff team. How, how do you win eight straight home games against the division rival? Like, how does that happen? I, I just, and, and they have not been as good as the Colts in a while, but they've won eight straight in Duval County against the Indianapolis Colts. This is probably as good as the Jags have to be, too. Like, they shouldn't need to beat teams 42 to nothing. You know, Trevor Lawrence is turning into average rather than elite, but maybe that's just it. Like, 250 yards and two touchdowns, control the ball, make plays on defense, you'll be all right. Guys, you know the difference between extraordinary and ordinary? It's just that little extra. Oh, look at that. The best game of the weekend, the Dolphins and the Rams. 42 to 38 final Miami over Baltimore. Yeah, you said Rams, but I said Rams, Ravens. You did. Yeah. Um, that game, again, in the truck, driving north through torrential downpour, stark sun, sunshine, torrential downpour. Like, and my nephew, who's a Ravens fan, is, is texting me, like, man, this is the way the Ravens should be playing. Looks like you nailed your uh, your love of, of Rashad Bateman. Uh, Devin Duvernay, is like, it looks like he's a pro bowler. Oh, he got hurt. Okay, whatever. But Lamar is having a day. He's all excited. Then the text stopped coming. And then it happens. The Ravens fall off a cliff. Like, you have wings. Fly. Don't fall. Fly. And and Tua, what is, what is it, Big Cat called the Tua Anon? The Tua supporters, the Tua believers. <laughs> the Tua Don. That's right. Uh, and that's the other thing, too. Like, how about how about friggin' Will Brown, like, rewriting history and coming at me? I told you so. You told me so about Baker. <laughs> I don't feel like you told me so about Tua. And that just proves that you'll support any vertically challenged quarterback. That's what it comes down to. So, and even if you did tell me about Tua, you're, fit, you're batting 50% now. Because Baker sucks. But man, I I don't think Tua can't be this good. You should have came back at coach and said, Would you recruit these quarterbacks, coach? Undersized, <laughs> interesting throwing mechanics. Right. Attitudes. Crazy fathers you'd have to deal with on the sidelines. It's fair. Uh, here's the thing with Tua. And this is a very 2022 NFL draft social media take here's here's the problem with the Tua the Tua Nons said love that nickname there are some people that just gave up on Tua and they said he sucked and he's terrible and he's awful and that will be their take that forever you. that was you no, well look he, he stunk he did stink he's been stinky for a I while know, but like even I was like willing to at least like give him a chance and you were just like no he's done he's burning the stake he's tiny he's tiny he can't throw he needs a new coach yes all those things have been my take but with B-U-T but he was amazing like yeah you gotta give a guy credit when he's good and i will give to all the credit in the world it is a crazy wild world we live in that after two weeks i have to admit that tua tunga viola is the best quarterback in the nfl after two weeks statistically performance wise i'm not saying i'd take him with a number one pick i'm just saying performances tua has been the best quarterback in the nfl the first two weeks of the season if that's just flat out mike mcdaniel and tyree kill and every and jalen waddle whatever doesn't matter like he's been the best quarterback. I love the tweet from oh, I'm gonna mess up who it was. Oh, it's Emmanuel Acho from Fox who said, Could you imagine if Justin Herbert had had a comeback down 28 to three and threw for over 400 yards and six touchdowns? We would have put him in the Hall of Fame. 
but because it's Tua, people are still wondering. This has got a little bit of that Josh Allen Twitter film people. Remember, like, right. you and I would have to talk to the Bills fans, be like, yeah, but didn't you see this overthrow by Allen on third and 15? It's on Twitter. <laughs> Tua has become that, that people just want to – he was great. There you go. Can he be great for the rest of the season? Uh, that remains to be seen. I would lean you towards know, no. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. But can he finish the season? He's always hurt. So that's that's what's going to be next. There's going to be you especially. I can see you doing it. Oh, he's just one big hit away from being done. I'll stick by my take that he's not the quarterback next season. <laughs> it's Lamar Jackson, the guy he played against. Lamar Jackson is more likely to be the quarterback in Miami than Tua is next year. I'll stick by that take. I don't know. Well, you, I mean, you can't back down now. No, it's too you late. Gotta, you, gotta, you know, you're too deep into the woods. You got to hope to come out the other side. Rams 31, Falcons 27. I had to double take this score because you talk about a, a score that does not reflect this game. I, I thought there was a typo. 27. Red zone was done with this game. People were, I, I tuned out. I'm like, they're up by 21 points. There's no chance Atlanta will come back and everything else. The Rams dominated this game. And if you had the Rams with the points, I feel for you because that felt like, a backdoor cover that both you and I called on our preview show on Thursday. That's another win for LeVac and guys. I'm going to do this like an evil genius. Um, I what it, it just, I, again, I think the Falcons are on their way and I think the only way they're going to put the only way they're going to be a team like the Rams is if the Rams do something stupid, like leave early. And it felt like the Rams left early. It felt like they were just like, well, this is over. These pusses can't beat us. And next thing you're like, uh, dude, they just scored again. Yeah, so what? Uh, again. Oh crap, get back out there. Like it was, it did. It felt like the Rams left. We'll do another video game comparison. Remember in video games, you hit the simulate button where like if you're up yeah. in a game, you could just fast forward and all of a sudden you're scrambling. Whoa, whoa what's happening? Why are they coming back? Get back in it. Hit the <laughs> hit the start button. How do we get back in this game? That's exactly what happened in that game. And Stafford Cup, everything is still there for that Rams team. Uh running back wise, I think McVeigh's just gonna whatever he's just gonna do what he wants every single time i know arthur smith believe this is a true quote you got to be careful with these quotes now on social media that he was asked about the lack of production from kyle pitts and he responded with this isn't fantasy football we're trying to win the game well pitts is good i I know people complain about their fantasy teams he's one of your best targets drake london the rookie scored for you and cordero patterson is trying to revolutionize football but Pitts is good. Maybe you should throw to him if you want to be productive, Atlanta. And that's yeah. why you're 0 2. The reason, the, the funny part I have about this is I'm kind of, I, I, I support what he says for this reason. So up until this week or the week before, everywhere I went, I was Albany Empire. So everybody spoke to me a certain way about Darius Prince. So, oh, he's the greatest. He's this, he's that. So this week I walk around, I've got a Columbus Lions logo on my shirt and it's well you know we we shut him down we stopped him that one game and it's like you you did you 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 double and triple covered in the entire game and Castanova torched you with Markel Wade and you know Aaron Washa and everybody else because because you you gave up your entire defense to stop one guy well yeah but we stopped him okay but you lost by double digits you know like you didn't really, and you know, he was probably pissed. No, I remember talking to him right after the game and him going, I'll be a decoy if it means we're going to score a bunch and, and, and be done early. Like, you, I can see a scenario where he's saying, listen, everybody thinks we're going to go to Pitts, so we're not going to go to him every play. We're going to go to him when it makes sense. And if everybody wants to cover him because they think he's the only guy that they have to worry about, good. 
I'll throw it to other people. I'll get it where it needs to go. So I think that's where he's, his head was with that. This is real. This isn't, this isn't fancy. This isn't anything else. Get off the cable box. By the way, if you have Kyle Pitts in your fantasy leagues and you're competing against Levac and I, I will take a Kyle Pitts trade offer. I might start tossing a little sprinkle out there if people don't want him on their team anymore. Tight end position's weird in fantasy this year. Uh, 27-7, the score. San Francisco gets the win over their division rival, Seattle. The big story in this one, Trey Lance injured in the game. Earlier in the week, there was a clip that went viral of Trey Lance following the week one loss by San Francisco out at the club, partying with strippers. <laughs> Trey Lance was... Staring at strippers' buttholes and not the playbook, and he's injured in week. Was that not right? I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I, take, I just kept. I just kept taking strippers' buttholes and texts about Trey Lance. Jimmy G comes in. Jimmy G leads San Francisco to a victory. Maybe my headline presentation there might be skewed because of my feelings about Trey Lance. But San Francisco twenty point winners with a quote unquote air quote back up quarterback playing for the Niners. Yeah, would you call him? backdoor cover because of the butthole situation or what do you um i mean you couldn't really have a worse scenario for trey lance like hey he's not taking this seriously he's looking at naked women which we all would hey he's oh he's hurt oh and they win by they win by 20 grapple wasn't good he was good enough to win the game but like everybody's gonna everybody's gonna jump off the situation with trey lance he loses a full season you know, will he ever be 100% healthy now? All these questions are going to come and go. And this is a team built to win now. This this team that could win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, with Trey Lance, they could compete with you as quarterback, guys. So there's a chance they win it all without Trey Lance, and then that looks like a bust pick when maybe it wasn't. Maybe he would have developed into what you needed him to be. Um, it's it's the I feel bad for Trey Lance right now. I really, really do. I love what's happening with Jimmy G. I love that everybody's forgot that not only did he, uh, I don't know if he went to strip clubs or not, but he was dating a porn star for a while. <laughs> so like, but that's all forgotten and forgiven because he went out there when they needed him and got a W. But um, you know, good for him. But I feel bad for Trey Lance. We do a conspiracy theory on Lance one time here. Yeah, I know that. I know the reports out from San Francisco that his season's over. I believe that his season is over. I believe that. And the report oh, yeah, is a, a fibia fracture ligament disruption i feel as if from what's happened in august and september and jimmy g getting re-signed they were very much looking forward to making sure to let everyone know his season is over because of two reasons one like the whole situation of jimmy g coming back and then all of a sudden he gets hurt they don't have to make a decision anymore if like in week 15 if lance is the guy or he's not that whole storyline of whether or not Trey Lance is going to come back. San Francisco dealt with that before. They did that with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, and that team got all the way to the Super Bowl, and that hung over that team's head, and some could argue that it hurt that team. It didn't happen the second time when they lost to Kansas City. But if you're a Niner fan, that's now done. Like, it's Jimmy G's team, and they think they can win the Super Bowl right now, and that's they been can. all the reports. And they're like, we're not going to let a first-year quarterback ruin the chance to win a Super Bowl. Jimmy G, come on back. Try to win this for us. Um, I, I think the reason that you go, I think the reason that you make it known so early, so it isn't an issue because you don't want, you don't want every time like Jimmy G goes out and has a subpar game, they win a They win like a, a 13, 10 game Garoppolo throws for 180 yards, two interceptions and one touchdown. And then everybody's going, you look forward to Trey Lance uh, being healthy in a couple weeks. And it's like, well, now it's like, well, it don't matter. He's, he's not going to be, he's not going to be out there. So W's matter. Losses matter. Whoever the QB is, we know it's Jimmy G. 
So I, I think you, you get that done. You try to nip that in the butt early. Dallas 20, Cincinnati 17. Levesque, can you believe it? Our visual side, Levesque's putting in eye drops. He saw this game, a three-point Bengal game. Who would have seen uh, it coming? Sure <laughs> enough, there it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think in my picks, I think I picked Cincinnati just because of how terrible McCarthy is. But at the same time, just go with what you know. Every Bengals game will be a will be decided by three points. I, that is, leave me alone, stupid cat. Sorry, I'm being attacked by a kitten. Um, ow, ow, bite me. Um, if, if it's going to be three points, three points every time. Doesn't matter win or lose. Anytime there's a spread in a Bengals game over three points, take the points. Doesn't matter who's getting them. Doesn't matter what's going on. Take the points. I'm more confused after the game than I was before the game. Like, what is Cincinnati? Did they lose a heartbreaker to Pittsburgh week one? Yes, but they'll bounce back against a Dallas team that isn't as good. The Cowboys are playing with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. They don't seem active to try to bring anybody in, but they've got some issues on offense where they're not as productive as they were in comparison to pass. I don't know now. Like, the game is over. Dallas won. I still don't know what either team is for the rest of the season. They got trash. I don't. I, I guess so. I, I really don't know. I, I, I Dallas gets the win. Good for them. They're at home. It's a good victory because the NFC East is a better than some people thought it would. The AFC North is strange, but I don't know. I, I, I wish I could give a hot take about the Bengals or the Cowboys, but I need so much more. I don't know what happened to Cincinnati. Maybe they were always this level of a team and they had those wins go in their favor last season. And it worked out in the postseason. They got on a hot stretch and Joe Burrow has not been the MVP caliber quarterback some thought he could be preseason. Not you and I, but others in the social media landscape. He got out QB'd by Cooper Rush. Just yep. put that out there. Denver 16, Houston 9. I thought Houston was going to win this thing outright. I really did. Houston's my game, man. I'm telling you, for the rest of the season, you give me a good spread in the Houston Texans, and I'm, I'm going with the Texans. The Texans, what you're seeing right now is the Lovey Smith effect. These, this is a team of average to some slightly above average players, but they're being coached by an NFL coach and they're playing football and they're in every game. They're all one and one, but nobody thought they'd be this good. Nobody thought they would be in any of these games. And here they are. And Mills stats are terrible. <laughs> felt like he was, I felt like, you know, I felt like he was a little better than this, but no, it's his stats are terrible. Imagine if they had a quarterback, they would be scary. You know what's hilarious about that? The stats are bad. The Texans have played better than the 0-2 start that could have been. Our friend Jake Aspen over at ESPN Houston, there's a poll out today, or yesterday, I should say, on Monday, that asked, after the performance by Davis Mills, do you believe he's the franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans? And I didn't know if they were joking or not. because I, I, I He still, wasn't good. He wasn't good, but they're like, you know, they're playing better with him as quarterback, and this is year two with them. They could get a high pick in the draft to draft somebody, sure. But uh, it seems as if Houston and Denver are kind of the same team of the preseason expectations. Of We knew Houston didn't have really good running backs and wide receivers, and one of their best wide receivers got sick, is out for the season, and Cooks is getting older. So that's what we thought of Houston, and there they are, but playing better. And Denver, everyone pointed to, you know, Russell Wilson's in like year 12. To think he's going to step into a new system, and win you games as a $200 million quarterback seems to be a pipe dream or a pie dream. How does that expression go? Anyways, uh, but that's his either. Yeah. And it's not happening. Like he's not putting up 400 yard games and running for a hundred yards. This is a probably just like the Bengals Cowboys. I don't know this. I do know 
Like this is going to be the Texans and Broncos for the rest of the season, that performance by those teams. And to see Russell Wilson get booed in his, in his first home game as a Bronco quarterback did my heart good to listen to Mike Golick and all the Westwood one people and everybody else go, man, it feels like they just went and got Hackett, you know, because of, of Rogers and then they didn't get Rogers. It's like, Oh my God, I've been saying that all along. So Broncos are, are just crap. They're just crap. Your Raiders are up next. Yeah, 29, 23 overtime loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Crap. Uh, first half was amazing. The entire, the way the entire team played was perfection. I mean, a lot of, lot of penalties, a lot of stupid penalties. But they had, what, a 23-7 lead with under nine minutes left in the game? And they couldn't score. They couldn't get first downs. You can't blame the defense. The defense was exhausted. You can't chase Kyler Murray around for a game and then expect them to have energy left. Um, Hunter Renfro was not Hunter Renfro. Carr, they couldn't keep the pressure off of him. But like it was, it was almost like one of those situations where the team walks in the locker room after a dominant first half, and you're like, "This is good." And in there are a bunch of Scooby Doo villains who club them all over the head with pipes, tie them up, leave them in their lockers, put on their uniforms and masks that look just like them, and come out and play like hot trash. It was a Scooby Doo loss for sure. I'm gonna throw a Zoinks at this one and just say and, and Jinkies. It was it was two different games, two different games altogether. Of all the zero and two teams right now, I still have the most faith in your Raiders. Like yeah. if, if there's an zero and two start, they're the team that's the best of that bunch of the zero and twos right now that get back in it because those are two tough losses. Both games are in at the end. They might benefit the most from a seventeen game regular season where if it was sixteen, they might miss the postseason. And seventeen, they get in that tiebreaker scenario. They're still they're still good. Like they have some really good talented players. They just haven't been able to put the W in. I'm a little pissed off at the Kyler Murray storyline, by the way. And you know, I'm not a fan of Kyler Murray. Like this nonsense. I cannot believe this became a national story from week two. Have you seen the story that there's an investigation ongoing that a fan slapped Kyler Murray at the end of the game? Have you seen this? I know I hadn't seen it. So this was like the second or third biggest story talked about nationally. This is on ESPN, Good Morning Football, all the national sites talking about the slap. And I'm like, whoa, like I haven't seen this video of a quarterback getting slapped anywhere on social media. This should be out there somewhere. And I retweeted at Tom Goss, 2MG was easy, of Garoppolo getting all these like love and guys are like, you know, hitting his helmet like we see in football. What happened was Kyler Murray ran over to like the Cardinal cheering section, but also looked like the black hole. And it was kind of like diving in and like the fans are going like this. And one of the fans like going for Murray's hair hits him in the face and Murray spins around and like gets in the dude's face. I don't think he tried slapping him. I think Kyler Murray's a baby. He got hit in the face and thought a fan tried slapping him and knock it off going for the clickbait because you got me and now I'm a bit bitter. (laughs) No, it, it's got to be the narrative of the Raider fan. The Raider fan's got to be evil and slapping people. And the worst part is the reason I didn't recognize it right away is because of his height. Somebody said the story I saw was why did that Raider fan slap that small child in the face uh, at the Ra- at the Raiders game? And and the, you know people were like, well, it's because he was a Cardinals fan and everything else. And then you know, and then you look, you go, wait, that's not a child. That's Kyler Murray. So it, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> 27 to 10, the Packers defeat the Bears. You and I were texting about this game. We both felt like the Bears 
could keep it close after how well he looked in week one, that Rodgers just can't constantly dominate this franchise. The rookies aren't ready yet. And it was our dear, dear friend, Aaron Jones, who decided to prove us both wrong and have a monster performance. Yeah, uh, there were there were moments where you felt like the Bears were going to do just enough to get back into it. Dave Montgomery is legit. Like Dave Montgomery is is an NFL player, and he he probably like I don't know pick a country where we you know where we rescue people who are being tortured. We need to extradite David Montgomery from from the Bears. He needs to be scooped up and then dropped on a good team that just needs a running back. Like I you know pick I don't care who it is, just go scoop him up and drop him somewhere else. Uh, Fields is is so raw. He needs so much help, so much work. He is not an NFL quarterback at this moment. Um, they don't have any weapons except for Montgomery. I didn't think – I thought they would gut it out. I thought they would gut it out. I thought they would ugly this game up. I was hoping that there was enough going on with the Packers that, that the Bears would get that W. Um, none of that came through. The, the Packers are head and shoulders above the Bears. Shame on us for giving up on Aaron Jones and everybody who's an NFL fan because we all thought he was done. A.J. Dillon was the guy. Our guy, Boston Dan, loves A.J. Dillon, a beast at BC. It seemed to be a two-horse committee there for Green Bay. Aaron Jones, every single time people have thought he's not the guy, he's proved him wrong. Monster game on Sunday night. That might have to be the Packers game plan, too. If Rodgers going to keep screaming at his wide receivers and Alan Lazard is not 100%, maybe that's the way Green Bay is going to have to do this. And speaking of the NFC North, our final game on the rapid recap, the Vikings and the Eagles, 24-7 final. Philly rolls in this one on that weird double header, double East Coast game where most people might have missed the first Jalen Hurts touchdown. Philly, if we look at the NFC, you want to make an argument, like I did in the preseason, that the Eagles might be the best team in the NFC and finish with the most wins. I'm feeling good about that because Philadelphia is balanced, man. And look at Levesque. <laughs> Drogon's right. I thought Drogon was sitting on your shoulder because it looks he like was. that with the color. Okay. He'll be back. Philly might be the best team in the NFC. Are they that good? Because if they're yes. that good, that means Minnesota still is okay. Or is Minnesota just not what we hope they would be? Or Kirk Cousins just hates any primetime game. Every Monday That's night fair. football game, always bet against Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins sucks. He's terrible. He is absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought the Eagles, if anything, after week one, I thought, okay, well, they're going to be a little pedestrian. Just a little bit. Uh, but no, they're they're legit. They are absolutely legit. It is going to be very, you know, you want to know just how good the Giants are. When they have to start playing the Eagles, that's when we'll find out. But uh, with with the Cowboys going through what they're going through, the the Eagles just go ahead and hand them the NFC East. They're going, they're gonna be they're gonna be the team to beat. By the way, if you're looking for our predictions, how we did in week two and more, you'll get all that plus week three picks at Mohawk Honda when we are live this Thursday, 4 to 5.30 in Glenville, New York. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. The fall is here. The crisp air, the fall breeze. And now for you, maybe a new vehicle, thanks to our friends in Mohawk Honda. The selection is there. The car you're looking for, the vehicle that you want. Great deals going on in Pilots, Ridge Lines, and more. You can stop in Passports, too. All those things you can find at Mohawk Honda. If you head over to Glenville, New York, work with the fantastic people that we know. We hope you stop in on Thursday. Tell them, hey, LeVac guys are here. We're coming to hang out 4 to 5.30. NFL picks and more for the weekend. That's all coming up. And shout-out to Scott Moynihan, who is back by God. Scott Moynihan's music, he is back. Shout-out to Greg Johnson, the GM, and more. Mohawk Honda where they always go out of their way to please you. See you there on Thursday.
Levesque, any takeaways from the college football weekend? Any big storyline for you? Michigan covered against UConn. I'm just not good at picking college football this year, I think is my story. Um, you know, AM gets the win. Everybody kind of like stuck a fork in them. They get the new starting quarterback. They get the they get the W over Miami, which I thought was was good for them. Um, Michigan is good. Michigan's got to keep winning the way they're winning to to stay in the national spotlight, but they haven't given themselves the kind of schedule where they're gonna get any real love or or, or push until they start playing the the Big Ten teams, their Big Ten part of their schedule. But uh, all in all, I'm just terrible at picking college football, I think is, is what it comes down to. If you start slow, that means a big winner's on the way. The, the juju momentum will swing at some point midway through, or it'll get more difficult in their conference games. And you get teams that are like two and four and shock a team who's bowl eligible. I don't know where the college football world's going to go. I know game day is in Knoxville, Tennessee this week where the Vols are going to take on the Florida Gators, and they sold out in, I believe, less than an hour. And there's 102,000 people scheduled to be in Neyland Stadium against the Gators and Hendon Hooker. I'll give him the compliment. I was going to save this for Thursday. I'll tell you now. He is the modern day Donovan McNabb. And you know how much that hurts. So he's going to ignore you too? No, we just stop it. No. Hendon Hooker is the modern day McNabb and he's going to light up Florida. There's a pick for you on Saturday. Uh, for the New York teams, Albany, Reese Poffenbeg. I think my microphone just exploded when I said his name. <laughs> Poffenbeg. Uh-huh. He set the all-time Albany single-game record for passing against Fordham, and they still That's unfortunately can't game. get the win. Here's what's killing me about Albany: Fordham's 18th in the country. So you play Baylor, you play New Hampshire, and then you play a top-20 team in the country following the – you know, we, we could sit here and be like, Albany's got to win more games. they got to be better. They can't be 0-3. Like, all those are like the easy, low-hanging fruit storylines. Maybe the schedule is a lot harder than we even realized from the start of the season. Like when you're playing nationally ranked teams, oh, by the way, in that mix is Villanova and William and Mary and Richmond. You look through the FCS top 25, they're all you Albany opponents. That's it. So Coach Catuso for like, what, the third, fourth year in a row? That is a tough test to be competitive when those types of dogs are going up against the Great Danes every week. Yeah, and pun intended. The, the schedule makers have never been fans. Of Gattuso and you, Albany, I swear. God, will you leave me alone? <laughs> um, he's being a dick. But this is, yeah, this has been the hardest schedule we've, I think, we've ever seen. You know, the way Baylor is there, and I, a lot of conversations about that because you know, there's there's two Texas teams now um, in the the National Arena League. So like, we're all having. They're like, yeah, didn't you guys come down and play? You know, Baylor. I'm like, and they like smile at me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, stop it. Like it's. It, like, didn't you guys come up and get your ass whipped by Albany? So shut your mouth. Like, whatever. Yeah. But, um, no, that, that's this schedule. You, you got to hope that moving forward, it's just going to be a whole different animal when they get into everything that they've got going on. Because this is, you talk about, you talk about, you know, trial by fire to start a season. Baylor, New Hampshire, Fordham, you know, you know, Central Connecticut coming up. Like, you're you're not doing yourself any real any real favors early. That's the part that really hurts FCS football when you have a team that struggles early on. That in at least the FBS, if you get to that six win mark and go to a bowl game and you have things to play for, the FCS in that playoff spot, it's hard. It's competitive to get in the playoffs, and the bowl games in FCS haven't had the same type of popularity as the FBS, especially if you're a home crowd. Like you want to make sure, like, hey, if you already starts pulling off some wins, they can get back to the playoffs. They played Central Connecticut State in that game back in 2019. They got the home win. 
So hopefully these tests early. And I know this is a storyline we've been talking about through September. Make this team better. We'll find out. As for my Syracuse Orange, I watched this game against Purdue. Jay Larkin, by the way, who you and I are meeting up with tomorrow, oh, right, tomorrow. will be owing me some beer. And I wish I could look Jay in the face and say, ha, I was right. I called that. Syracuse, Orange fans can be pissed at me on social media. They had no business winning that game. None. They got every single call. If you're a Purdue fan and you're going to start screaming about ACC officials, which I've had to deal with their crooked nonsense, uh, I can hear you out on this one. It was horribly officiated. And look, some of the calls did go against Purdue, but they're blasting guys out of bounds. They're getting called for pass interferences. One of the big drives for Syracuse, they had two 15-yard penalties is the way they got third downs. Uh, at the end of the game, Syracuse benefits twice from more personal fouls where Purdue's got to kick off the ball, like basically back into their own end zone. And Syracuse gets to start the game-winning drive at the 50-yard line. And then the extra point. Look, every call went in Syracuse's favor, but they still won the game, Syracuse. And they're 3-0, and and they're going to smack Virginia on Friday night. Drive to another state to bet on that game. This is John. <laughs> sorry, sorry Lebeck. This is John Gruden with my Bucks against your Raiders. They have all the Whoa. plays. Whoa. All the coaches, all the coaches went to Virginia. The whole coaching yeah. staff is from Virginia. They know all the players. They're gonna kill Virginia. And I have a, a I had to make sure I got to this on today's show. There is now a proposition that's been proposed between the Central New York buddies of Anhuisano wedding this weekend. The call has been made to Levac. They want you to solve a brethren, want you to do a show with me. As they said, we'll deal with you. If Syracuse can get college game day. There's now rumors already that potentially Syracuse could be 5-0 and and host NC State in mid-October on a Saturday. So the what question has been it? tossed. Yes, this 15th. is, I believe, October 16th. So I think you might be back in town. 15th. So, yeah, I fly back on the 14th. So. All right. So if here's the rule. If Syracuse gets college game day for October 15th, which is a big if, it's one of the few schools that hasn't had to happen, we would do a show live from the tailgate because obviously game day won't let us <laughs> game day won't let us get on their spot. But from our tailgate, and I know the rule you're going to ask already. You want a 44 jersey? That's a 4x. I was gonna, so so we've got a lot of ifs. If Syracuse gets game day, and if you can get a 44 4x, is that all it's going to take for you to potentially do a show live from a tailgate for that game? And obviously tickets to the game. Yeah, I yeah. Realize okay. This list is getting longer, by the way. Yeah, my rider is pretty solid. I like this. Uh, some beers. Uh, yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, to stay. Yeah, because I think I, I think I fly in. Um, I think I'm I think I'm in Albany by like eight o'clock the night before. So, yeah, we can make this happen. All right, as, long so my, can, as long as my rider is fulfilled, then we can do this. We've got a lot of things we got to pay off because uh, I still have to get started on our boot bet. And I have yet to pay off my shave my head bet from WrestleMania. So maybe that will be the we'll uh, do all like it's just it'll be the payoff show. Yeah, it will. I'll do the we'll do the boot bet. We'll do the shave. Like that's a lot of what is. But if you're a Syracuse fan and you're going to the potential that NC State game and if they get by Virginia and Wagner and they get game day, I'm very excited about that already. Not like I'm getting my hopes up that. I think Syracuse is going to have game day a month from now. <laughs> all right, that's all I have in college football. We, we want to talk about we want to talk about Aaron Judge, but before we get to Aaron Judge, Lillian David Fine Jewelers, Route Fifty, the shops of Wilton. I'm stopping in this week. I don't think Alyssa even knows yet. Alyssa, I'm coming in this week, so be ready. I'm going to be checking out the selection. Yeah, selection of jewelry. Stopping in. It is my 
parents anniversary coming up. So hopefully my dad is listening. Maybe my mom's going to get some wonderful from Lily and David Fine Jewelers. Whether it's the holiday season, whether it's birthdays, whatever it might be. Again, shout out to my friends, Aaron and Shannon, who got married over the weekend. Aaron, just because you got married and you listen to the show, and I know you're a Red Sox fan, and we're going to talk about the Yankees, but still make sure to stop in and celebrate those great holidays right there in Wilton, New York. Alyssa, David, Jacob, Tammy, everybody over there. So cool to work with. They're great people. I know from experience, there's my wedding band right there. You can have the same thing happen for you. Find something that fits your budget and that she's going to get compliments on for years to come. Family owned and operated business to help you find exactly what you're looking for. Love working with Lily and David Fine Jewelers. They're the best when you're looking for that piece of jewelry, especially if you don't know what you're doing. They have the experience to help you through that process. Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Route 50, the shops of Wilton. Check them out on Facebook as well as they continue to post all the great holiday deals on the way. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers. LeVac, Aaron Judge can smell, can smell 62 home runs. But will we all see it is the question because that could be on the, the Apple TV show. Um, he's got to get it. I mean, he's got to get, he's, he's on pace for 65 and, uh, you know, pirates tonight. I don't know a lot about the pirates. Don't really care about the pirates. I don't think it matters who the pitcher is. He's going to get, he'll get like 63, 64. I think would be great if he's like sitting at, at, you know, 61 until the last game of the year. And he just goes off and has like a four home run game. Just go, just annihilates him. <laughs> That'd be phenomenal. I, I hope that actually kind of does happen now. I hope it like the, ch- the chase gets extended a little bit, even though that's Saturday, Sunday, I want to have as many eyes as possible on Aaron Judge. And you mentioned the Apple thing that more fans might not be able to see it. Oh, how different the world is 15 years later from the Maguire and Sosa thing in 98 to 2022, where you would cut into at-bats with Sosa and Maguire and Bonds in that early 2000s stretch. I believe that's 2002. And now it's, Someone give me my Apple password so I can potentially watch Judge or, ooh, I found it on TikTok, the home run. What difference the world could be. He's going to get it. Yes, I'm with you. And I hope it's celebrated. And I hope it gets all the kudos it does. And let's do this easy one. Are you going to think that's the home run record of all time? Like with Sosa and McGuire and Bonds? Is, are we, are we going to be those people who say, 62's real to me, damn it? I can't. I can't do it. It's, you know, cheat or not cheat. It, it's, you know. It's Bonds. Bonds has the record. Bonds has the record. I'm with you, too. I think the people who might stand by the 62s, the real record people, are old. Old, want, old people. I want, somebody to, I want somebody to make the argument to me where I, I go, you know what? I like it. Let's do it. I'm going to go with it. Like I want someone to convince me <clears throat> because I'd love to be that guy. I'd love to be the, well, at least he did it clean. Like I would love that. Like. I guess they got Anthony Rizzo the other day, and he was like, "Well, it's nice to have this happen where you know you you know it's just skill, and it's not you know something else." And it's like, it is, it is. You know, keep talking, Anthony. Give me, give me a reason. Give me a reason <laughs> to decide that this is the real record. I hope it is Aaron Judge celebrating. Maybe a walk off home run is cool, and now we can eliminate this whole thing of whether or not the New York Yankees are going to be a playoff team or below the division lead or anything else. It feels like that storyline is in the past with kind of it running out. You know, what are we at? Less than 20 games, a five and a half game lead. Baltimore, unfortunately, is now falling off. Thank you. Thank you for the moments, Baltimore. Yeah, but you're still uh, still better than the Red Sox. So Yeah, you there's that. There's the Blue Jays that. and Rays are there. It's it's not threatening the postseason at all. Yankees are going to have the ALE. So this is 
we just right here, big 99 going for the record is what everybody in baseball is going to talk about now. Like, tell me something though, because I, I don't have I don't have Apple, I don't have Apple TV. My understanding is you don't have to have the subscription to watch the game, but you do have to sign in. So I think this is one of those deals where like you can still watch the game for free, but then they get your data and you start getting hit with the hey, sign up, come back, watch, you know, Ted Lasso. Ooh, that's I, I don't know. That. I have Apple, so I don't know. You know, there's gonna be like fifty thousand Ted Lasso commercials <laughs> in that. There has to be. Ted Lasso is awesome though. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. I just think it's. I just like you're gonna get sick of it by the end of the game. That's the worst now too. That streaming services have commercials. Most people bought streaming services thinking that because I have a streaming service, you don't need commercials. We did this with Sirius the other day, where it's like, "Hey, you have the Sirius subscription. You can say and do whatever you want. We don't really care about ratings because we already have your money. But we're still making money. We're doubling up. We're triple dipping. Nah, not a poo poo. Right. Nothing you can do about it, bitches. So go Aaron Judge, man. Yeah, come on, get. Just go off. Just go off. Just hit a bunch of them and then re-sign with the Yankees right after you break the record. Just like walk up to home plate. Cashman is standing there with the with the contract. Randy Levine turns around so you can sign it on his back and then just jam the pen as far into his fucking shoulder blade as you can when it's done. You're like, shh. And then let him walk off. And everybody will be like, it's, you deal with it. You deal with it, you little bee. I'll see you in the postseason, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for Q&A to end the day? Yeah. Yep. Instacam, leading it off. Bucks, Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, Giants, the only 2-0 teams. Thank you for that, Cam. But because of that comment, now I'm going to force Levac into a tougher question. Okay. Uh, of all those undefeated teams you're looking at right now, and you don't have a chance to compare schedules, which will make this even more difficult, which do you have the most confidence in that can last with an undefeated record the longest of those franchises? Again, for our audio audience, we'll repeat it one more time. Bucks, Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, Giants. Bill's schedule sucks. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because I think the Bills are the best team there. I won't, I would say the Eagles, except for the Giants, are actually competitive now. The best teams the Chiefs are going to face are teams that they already know how to play, you know. So I, I th- I'll, I'll say the Chiefs have the best chance of taking. Like they'll go like seven or eight and zero, and then they'll level off. Bills will drop one. I don't think it'll be this week to the Dolphins. I haven't like broken it down yet. My hand just got caught in the middle of a cat fight. Um, <laughs> but like I think the Bills will drop like a like a random game that you that you don't expect them to, and then just start destroying people. But like Chiefs, I think Chiefs go the farthest. The Chiefs have proven it more recently that they can have a really good team. The problem with me with the Chiefs is that I'm very stubborn and I picked the Chiefs to miss the postseason. So I need to start rooting against them for me to sound right and cash that ticket that I have. So I'm going to bet against the Chiefs. The Giants, skill wise, of those teams they up can there, still, they can still miss the postseason. They just go like 8 0 and then just fall off. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> That's right. Double down. Then just get like you know the yeah. plus money at eight no, and then, and then you know. yeah, then Mahomes Mahomes gets an ingrown toenail, and next thing you that's know, right. they lose six straight. I'll take Buffalo because they feel as if they're the team that's going to be favored in all those games. So I'll bet the favorite, even though that can end this week in week three against Miami, Tampa. Even though they're winning, they seem like old people winning. You know the style of offense and Mike Evans suspended. That is not a high powered Tampa offense. Philadelphia is awesome. 
And Philadelphia is probably my second pick if I had to choose one. But I would go with the Bills just because they have played the best of all those teams that are out there. And I think they're really good. Corey from Greenwich. Hello, Corey. There you are. Is Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs the best quarterback wide receiver duo now in the league? Uh, no, it's, I mean, stat wise, it's Tua and uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's, that's who it is. It's, it's simple. They have the best stats and they're, they're nasty. They're filthy, nasty. So it's, it's, it's that it's, it's Tua. It's all there is to Tua. it. Oh, you're bringing Mac back from what I said earlier. That Tua is playing the best the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, I, I would, I would, I would take Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is great. In another amazing catch last night. Josh Allen's throwing the ball over the place. He makes Josh Allen better. Yes, Corey. Even though you've been listening to the whole show and want to see if I'd get caught in your Greenwich trap that you and Levac set up for me. Yes, Josh what? Allen and Stefan Diggs are the best combo. Who's and- the- Who's the re- the leader in uh, receiving touchdowns right right now? Ooh, who is the leader in receiving touchdowns in the NFL? Um, I would yeah, go yeah. with, I would go with Diggs. I think OJ Howard's up there though. OJ Howard might have three on like seven catches. He definitely uh, had two touchdowns in the first game for the Texans. It could be OJ Howard, but I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs the leader unless there's yeah, a bunch Diggs, of Diggs has four Michael Thomas Cooper there's a bunch with three Cooper Cup John okay. Jahan Dotson yeah I yeah no it's definitely that's definitely one you you gotta love you gotta love that one a lot but Tyree killing Tua right now that's something that they, he's got a lot of weapons to throw to what about uh what about Derek Carr and <laughs> Devontae Adams come on there <laughs> come on why no love why no love no <laughs> not gonna happen not yet although they're really good maybe fantasy football wise you stack them and they're good uh i got my boy scott our boy scotty blaine our boy scotty blaine hopped in here radio legend he left me a nice picture here of triple h and there's rumors floating around you got to check this out later if you haven't about the white rabbit it's something really cool that wwe did where during a match the other day at 9 23 they had someone walk across the crowd with a qr code and if you scanned the QR code, it took you to a video of the White Rabbit, and it's a 923. So people are believing that Bray Wyatt might be coming back because of a QR code video that's scripted. Reddit has gone crazy. Uh, do you have any interest in watching WWE if Bray Wyatt comes back? I like Bray Wyatt a lot. Uh, what is that, Rotunda? Yes, Rotunda. I, I wouldn't, I mean, huh. I, yeah, Bray Wyatt's interesting. I've been watching a little bit more of it. I didn't watch any last night. I fell asleep, man. I was out. I drove, I drove. Basically, it's like an eighteen-hour drive. I did it in like twenty-one hours, so I was I was pretty crashed last night. Um, yeah, no, I'll check that out. I, I'll, I'll probably look up the thing you're talking about right now as soon as we're done. Oh, it's good. Um, uh, we got two NFL games going on last night. We got baseball going on, and there I am tweeting about wrestling. <laughs> nerd ryan mccarthy i'll take anal bum covers for 200 please alex <laughs> is that oh because you said the stripper's butthole trey lance i think butthole <laughs> um okay ryan <laughs> thanks have you noticed okay. we now get a tweet every time he's doing a podcast so that i know where he is you mean this one shameless plug if you want more in-depth coverage of the jets flushing the browns Watch no credentials required after the broadcast. He's become football on the know. Remember when football on the know used to try everything to get us to talk about them? Ryan McCarthy has now become football on the know. 
I do like how Ryan just kind of slipped this in, and I don't think it's a bad method. It's very old, old school TV where he's using LeVac and Gaz show as a lead into no credentials required. That hasn't been done yet in Godzilla Media. I see what he's doing, and I don't, I don't hate that style of shamelessly promoting himself. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, bottles of Zima and significant alcohol will be provided on LeVac's October appearance in Syracuse. Uh, deal, deal. Uh, but to take that capital V out of my name. I look, it actually looks like a French vacuum. Oh, LeVac, is the vacuum cleaner, huh? Your, your sister-in-law's called me LeBats. Your dad's got me being a French vacuum, but I'll forgive it over Zima and, and everything else. I think the, the fact that he was able to figure out how to do that and that was clearly spell checked on him is an impressive enough. That probably <laughs> we had that conversation a half hour ago and that comment finally just came through. So I think <laughs> the idea that the V was capitalized, we're asking for a lot. <laughs> yes, the campaign begins October 16th. Levac, if game day's there, the Dixon tailgate with the pirate flag waving, a table set up for Levac and Gaz. Head will be shaved. Zima will be consumed. We're rooting for the orange. It is very possible. Now, I'm looking at the guys of the media schedule. i got to check it. I believe we're also scheduled to be at the hideaway the 17th. And, Busy weekend. Busy weekend. We'll make it work. Okay, so that's October 15th was the game we're talking about. Yes, we are scheduled to be at the hideaway the 16th, so we might have a two-hour road trip back to Albany. You and I might be just showing up to the hideaway together. That would be a I might be weekend. sleeping in the back of your car a lot because, like, remember, I'm – I'm flying, so I fly out to Columbus, Georgia, for Lions um, business Sunday the 9th. I work all week down there. Then I fly back the 14th, which is the Friday at night, and then potentially hop in a vehicle with you, head to the for, what, what was once no. I'm just called the Dome. Head to the Dome. Do a pregame show, party with your dad, head back, go to uh, the hideaway the following day, do that show, and then and then breathe. Okay, yeah. Listen, you know I'm I'm only 46. Let's let's kill me now. Let's not let me get to 47. I think that's the way to go. You know what? We might as well invite Boston Dan too while we're at it. Let's get Boston Dan in the car with us. We have all three of us together. That, no, because you know what will happen. Because yeah. Dan's still pissed about your dad because the the. Shamrock series where I said no one's ever got me drunker at a baseball game or football game than your dad and Dan is taking that like offense to that statement for years now so the two of them will try to like play a quick round of explode LeVac's liver no I it's got to be one or the other it's got to be one of the not, not both by the way kickoff for NC State Syracuse still to be determined so I like the idea that they have not announced the kickoff yet what if um what if it's not ESPN what if it's Barstool? What if Barstool does their football show there? Ooh. Uh, I'll leave that up to you then. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. It's on my team. All right. We'll figure that out. I haven't got that far. I haven't thought about that. Or Fox shows up. They decided to go from the West Coast to the East Coast. Yeah, Fox isn't. Let's, not, let's hope Syracuse beats Virginia <laughs> and Wagner first and NC State stays on the field. Because, you know, I didn't even mention the NC State part of it. If NC State loses two games the next two weeks, that's also blown up. Will you be able to do our annual Tory Holt interview? Will we be able to get Mr. Mr. NC State Tory Holt like we used to do? Only if he does it from his car. I think we have to lie to him at that point. I think we have to lie to him and be like, yeah, we're still on the radio. No, no, no. <laughs> Tory, here's the thing with Tory Holt. Tory Holt would do a podcast for sure. I know he would do a podcast. Uh, 
I feel as if maybe I'm wrong about this. He has not done as much media because he definitely, I, mean, I don't think this is a, a, a criticism. He might've been doing a lot of media stuff to get in the hall of fame. And he's like, all right, I'm putting this working. Cause a lot of guys who do the media stuff, it helps their whatever image. And it gets him in. I wonder if Tori's like, I'm done with the media stuff. Like I didn't even want to do it. I was doing it to help myself. I got in the college football hall of fame. He's not on TV as much. It might be harder to book him. That sounds like an excuse to me, but yes, I will still try. Cause we love Tory Holt and he should be in the hall of fame. Hmm. Actually. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'm, I think. I think you want to do the day of, or you're saying that Saturday morning to do Tory Holt live. I wonder if we could get him. I wonder if we can get him. So wait, NC state. You know, actually, my new head coach in Columbus went to NC State. Ooh, Mister uh, Mister Chris McKinney. He Do we uh, got a graduation date on him. Is he on the late nineties team? I have no idea. No, I think his. I think his. I think his first year there was Rivers last year or something like that. Okay, Philip Rivers is the guest. No problem. I'll deal with Philip Rivers. No problem. I don't think they're still in touch. Because no, if they were, was... Rivers would be playing for the Lions this year. Uh, <laughs> he definitely would. Or one of his kids would. Yeah. One of the 25 kids. All right. All right. I think that's it, right? That's it. I'll see you, you Thursday at Mohawk Honda. See that my uh, – he's, he's got to start proving this. The the Levac cow is just popping out babies, buddy. Oh, Second wow. baby. He should put those in a petting zoo. People would love to pet Levac. <clears throat> or, or, or Levac 2 or Levac 3. Should be big. Big, big. Give it advice. <laughs> yeah, don't don't drive to Columbus and then and then and then and then Orlando and then back to to Albany, all within eight to nine days. Don't do that. It's not good. It's bad for you. And if you do do that, bring eye drops because some kind of allergy got in my eyes and it sucks. <laughs>